Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. So it's actually the 20th of December, but we're recording this in advance. <laughs> oh, come um, on. This will be out, what, 3rd or 4th of January? Yeah. So Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you had a good Christmas. Um, we are... I don't know why we're going to do this, I Tom, have no but idea. we are. We're going to make some pred- predictions for 2023. Again, <laughs> again, I asked ChatGPT oh, to uh, can't do, to this, try do this job for me. And uh, it's not appropriate for me to make or speculate about uh, predictions for 2023 or any other future year. Mm. What's the point? My function as a language model is to provide accurate and reliable information to the best of my ability. So let me down again. I think that is the last time I'm going to use ChatGPT for the pod. Good. And I'm, I'm stuck. Have I proven my worth to you? Well, no, it's just that, that that's not really stepped up. By default, I've kind of proven my worth. <laughs> You've won by default, which Humans is still a win. For which now. is still a win. Um, so, yeah, last, last time out, we did our review of 2022, laid some context for where we are. Um, and now we're looking ahead to 2023, and we're going to look at what we think might happen. Um, Tom, do you want to give the big disclaimer? Big disclaimer um, that everything that we say will inevitably be wrong in many different ways. Um, and, uh, and that's true of all episodes. Yeah, that's true. Of all, don't rely on this for anything. So year ahead predictions are always wrong, um, whether from us or from uh, exceptionally well-paid investment banking people. Um, and you know what happens in the next 12 months shouldn't decide what we're doing with our portfolios anyway, unless there's something structural, as we said in the last episode. You should be positioned for the super long term, and so you should be more concerned about you know the ten year picture than the one year picture. With all that being said, it's still important to understand what could be coming around the corner, even if the main thing you do from that is absolutely nothing. And so, before we go into our insight, our deep insightful predictions for for next year, um, the we thought we'd just give you an overview of what the general consensus is from economists and and from from investment bankers. Yeah, and if you remember from from last uh, last year. Basically, most most for you know most economic forecasts or financial markets forecasts went out the window sort of at the end of February, early yep. March. Um, so, and and if you look back, it's it's actually you know often the investment banks hide these, but if you look back and sort of try and Google for forecasts from previous years, they're always wrong, yeah. um, and they're often wrong. They're not often wrong about the the direction or the general mood of what's going to happen, but they're nearly always wrong with the timing of when things will happen. So. Yeah. Um, so the general consensus for 2023 is that inflation has peaked probably. Yeah. Um, it will remain high, yeah. um, but it will start to come down um, off the back of um, action that central banks have been taking basically from sort of, you know, February, March, April last year that's been raising interest rates. Um, and central banks will continue to sort of wrestle with this challenge of, bringing inflation down, continuing to bring bring inflation down, but also you've got to get some growth yep. back into economies. So yep. how will that work? Um, but the general consensus is at some point during 2023, those rate rises, those interest rate rises by central banks will slow and actually stop. So we'll reach what's called terminal interest rates, which yep. is they'll get as high as they're going to get before they either flatten out or even 
some people saying there's potential for interest rates to start coming down in the sort of second half to yeah. last quarter of next year. Um, Ukraine and Russia, Tom. Yeah, so obviously Ukraine and Russia was, you know, is still, you know, unfortunately uh, ongoing, so it'll still have some impact on markets, but uh, predicted to be obviously less so than in 2022. Obviously, it was hard to predict. Like any of these things are hard to predict, these like black swan events that just come and disrupt things like it happened last year, but um, it's expected to have less of an impact in 2022. China's slower growth will continue to be a headwind, but we've already started to see that um, the economy's uh, gradually reopening and that's expected to continue following the kind of zero COVID approach, the very strict uh, lockdown approach on COVID. That could help global markets, but also lead to potentially a bit more inflation due to uh, commodity, commodities demand increasing as the, the, the Chinese consumer comes out and and, uh, and spends more. Um, UK and European uh, economies likely to slip into recession. Originally, you know, earlier on in the year, they thought that the US would too, but the, the kind of consensus, the US and the broader global economy should just avoid it. And then as you, as you alluded to then, the more hopeful among the, the analysts uh, that are looking at next year, I think that, you know, the bottom will be hit in the first half of the year. And the second half of the year, we'll start to see the road to recovery for the global economy and central banks, you know, pivot to become more supportive again. So they stop raising those rates as much as they have been. Um, and some of them even predicting that, that rates to, to kind of come down. So a lot of those predictions are, are quite, you know, well understood, quite well baked in. Uh, they're not the most cheery um, yeah. uh, predictions because of the recession, et cetera. Um, and so when we uh, go into our predictions now, we'll try and be a little bit more uh, hopeful and positive. Um, yeah. And I think, I think, I think it's interesting that if you look back to where we were at the start of of 2022, we'd come into that year off the back of record stock market performance, yeah. you know, uh, US <clears throat> stock market up almost 30% in 2021. And the consensus view then was things are positive and they'll remain positive. Yeah. And almost now that we've seen a, a pullback in markets and things have got more difficult, it's almost like that negative sentiment is now baked in yeah. and actually uh, people are, are sort of, deferring the recovery into the second half of this year. Yeah. Um, and they sort of say, you know, the, the, the pessimism is baked in. So there was optimism baked in at the start of last year. There's pessimism baked in at the start of this year. Um, I mean, the one thing I think is that I, I'm sceptical of whether, whether the US can navigate like a sort of skim, skim yeah, through yeah. without quite Just going miss. into recession. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's going to be an interesting thing. That plays like, yeah. We just mentioned then it's, Whatever kind of environment you're in, everyone always overweights the likelihood of that environment continuing. Yeah. So 2021, you know, it was booming. Yes, there were people saying it was unsustainable, but the vast majority of people thinking this is it. You saw, you know, companies, you know, getting funded, the stock market valuations, etc. People were clearly at that point. The overwhelming consensus was that this will continue. Yeah. And now we're in a negative moment, and the consensus is, you know, will continue to be in a negative moment. Yeah. And so it's yeah, kind of your job as a long-term investor to kind of take everything with a pinch of salt. Continue to do what you're doing. If you if you're following logical paths to build a diversified long-term portfolio, you don't have to overweight the kind yeah. of the year ahead or the year that's just been. And 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 these forecasts. Or, you know, the way that forecasts are built is they're built with financial models that put, plug in all of the available data that's available now. Yeah. What they never do is they never say, well, in six months' time, there's going to, we think there's going to be some unknown event yeah, coming yeah. that no one can predict, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to knock this asset or this thing off, off course. It's all, they only ever predict sort of smooth curves up or smooth yeah. curves down based on what the data they've got now. So, you know, the shocks, market shocks are... are, are you know, up or down yeah. are, are things that 
come out the blue exactly. by their very nature. So, And that's why it's always important to have a diversified portfolio where not all your eggs are in one basket because random things can happen that are very, very hard to predict and plan for. So, Tom, with all that in mind, it's time to stop skirting around the issue and actually sort, sort of uh, pin your colours to the mask okay. and start making some real predictions of, real what, hard is, predictions. of what is death. What is definitely going to happen this year? <laughs> I don't know whether it's just predictions or things that we want to happen, but well, <laughs> let's see. There's three buckets we're going to put them in. The first is like finance investing. Second is more impact stuff. And the third is an other slash random bucket. And so let's begin. Finance investing related stuff. So um, I, I put this one down. Let's go for it. Investments into nuclear fusion technology. They hit $4.8 billion in 2022. That was up 139% from 2021. And with the latest breakthrough that we've seen uh, in December, uh, I'm hoping, predicting that this investment level will treble in 2023 to 15 billion. So that's investments into companies that are building, you know, nuclear fusion related technologies and help us transition um, to uh, a, you know, low carbon uh density economy in the future. That's what, my first what, will be, what will be interesting on that side for us is, you know, will any of these companies emerge as listed stocks yeah. that create basically a new category uh which is you know another mm. another subcategory to clean energy effectively exactly, yeah. you know yeah. is, is this another potential high growth long-term uh investment opportunity yeah. it could be great for impact investors if that pans out um a second prediction this is a little bit more boring but i've put it down 2023 will mark the turning point um in bringing about a renaissance in risk management governance and diversification so you've seen in 2021 and 2022, you know, things like trading, single line stocks, crypto, the FTX scandal, everything along those lines, um, they'll continue to be relegated into obscurity and, you know, proper investing, proper long-term investing will become more the default thing. The, the shiny short-term thing will start to um, rightly, I think, be relegated into obscurity. And there is a there is a, a rationale for that in the sense that, you know, the, the single line stock trading, the crypto boom was was driven a lot by the fact that during covid there was a lot of stimulus in into yeah, the economy money. effectively people were you know people were given free money um you know especially in the us uh, everyone got cash in their bank um and a lot of it went into these single line stocks a lot of it went into crypto and you know we were in we were in bubble territory in a lot of different areas of of, yeah. of areas of investment uh you know whether that's obviously declined in 2022 I, I agree with you. I don't see that. I don't see there being a bounce back in those no. areas of no. the market. I don't see. I don't see there being a renaissance of meme stocks no. or of you know altcoins or any of these obscure cryptos. Or I, I just think that that is dead. Yeah, um, there was just so much money in the system, and it was continued to be pumped into the system that it was finding itself into all these like idiosyncratic little crevices and, and get rich quick, quick schemes basically in different forms weren't they it was, yeah. it was you know it was it's it's all classic these, you know gambling on things the greater fool theory i'll buy this thing now because it will go up in value no rationale given for why the thing would go up in value and then at some point i'll sell it out for millions and squillions because someone else will buy it off me yeah um you know in the market that we're in now and and this this Money being in short supply, inflation yep. being high. Even if inflation starts to come down, there's just not the same no. appetite for people to take these sort of big gambles and big no. punts on things. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing because there was there was very little rationale for for why these things were happening, other than you know let's pile in, let's get rich. And, and then the, your, your final prediction on this one: um, 
you know, or, or should we take collective ownership? Let's take collective ownership. We'll own each other's uh, terrible predictions. Is that we'll see um, a recovery in the, in the stock markets. So yeah. we'll see potentially double-digit returns in the stock markets. Um, in the second half of the year. In the second half of the year. So, you know, what goes up must go down. What goes down must go up. <laughs> uh, you know, mean reversion. We had 2021, big uptick. 2022, big down year. Yeah. You would expect that There's maybe some, there'll yeah. be some hopes of recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, not to say that things won't go further down before no. they go back up, but... Um, you know, things have to find a level eventually and things reprice and suddenly they become attractive again. Yeah. Um, I think if we do get recessions in, you know, UK and Europe in the in the first half of the year and the US either slightly dips in or, you know, just avoids, that's the beginning of the bottom happening. Yeah. Um, and I think that after that, I think, you know, hopefully, optimistically, stock markets can begin to recover. Yeah, and, and I think you've got this divergence in some areas of stock markets. So, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the, the the unprofitable growth companies were massively overpriced and maybe potentially still are. And and you've got va- what was called value stocks, you know, potentially more attractive. But on an average, we don't sort of, you know, as a, as a as an individual uh, retail investor, I don't think there's necessarily much benefit in trying to trying to sort of over allocate, i.e., trying to pick areas of the stock market or one area over another. Yeah. I think the key is just be diversified. And over, at some point, the average will turn. So yeah. it'll go from being downward movement to being upward movement. Yeah. Um, and that that's a pattern that's been repeated yeah. over time for decades and decades and decades. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's why it's important to, to stay invested, stay long-term. Um, right. Some impact, impacty style predictions. Um, first one. So renewable energies to become the largest source of electricity generation globally, surpassing coal for the first time. When I was looking at this, if you actually include nuclear in that, which I think people don't, but if you did, they're at 37%. Without it, they're about 26%. Coal on its own is about 36%. So with nuclear, they're already kind of there. Yeah. But if you take that away, but if you get the nuclear fusion bounce, um, that you know, an earlier prediction, but even without it, the tr- the trend lines, you know, are very, very positive for renewable yeah. energy and they're not positive for coal. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that could be a great moment. Maybe it's not next year, maybe it's the year after, but I'm going to say 2023. Yeah, and, and and the economics of those different energy sources are in their favour. Yeah. So, you know, solar and wind are some of the cheapest forms so of cheap, energy yeah. you can get. Um, there's obviously a social and political, uh, you know, negativity around coal. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, another impact prediction. Uh, this, is, this is one that I think will probably play out in, at some point in 2023. I don't know who it will be, but I think... I was going to ask you who it will be. Well, I don't know is the answer. I'm, 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 I'm remaining vague to give myself at least more chance, some dignity intact. But I think a CEO, probably most likely in the US, will lose their job over being too supportive of ESG. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think this is because it, ESG is becoming this political hot potato in the US. Yeah, very much so it's, in the US. It's different on a state-by-state level. But I think if you have a a CEO that comes out vocally supportive of uh, ESG investing, mm. I think you may, or, or even be turning their company into an ESG style stock. Yeah. I think you may find that activist investors take hold and oust yeah. or force a resignation of, 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 of one or more CEOs in the US. Yeah. Um, you start to see, I mean, I'll, I'll say I doubt it would be 
you know, Larry Fink, BlackRock CEO, because he's obviously the, the founder. Well, I, I said that for a while. Name no, I'm, I'm saying he's, you know, he may or may not be Larry Fink, but he's... You've said, you've said Larry Fink now. Sorry, Larry. Hey, um, <laughs> I'll call you later and apologise. He he has uh, obviously been getting a lot of backlash already for this from some of his investors. And so that's the bit, you know, that's the biggest asset manager in the world started to get backlash yeah. on, on this. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think there'll be, I think what else this will spark is, a divergence. So I think you'll see a growth in, I think ESG will be discounted basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what you'll find is a, a, either people, this sort of playing to the crowd and making the right noises on ESG mm. won't be tolerated either way. Mm. So I think the anti-ESG movement won't want people saying the stuff. Yep. And I think the pro-ESG movement will turn into a pro-impact movement. Yeah. So I think, you know, the sort of, the sort of ticking the boxes approach won't wash anymore and there'll be this divergence. So I think what you'll see is a growth in impact and I think you'll also see a growth in people completely moving away from trying to do any environmental, social governance, any sort of positive impact nod. And yeah. I think there'll be an anti-ESG movement will grow and a pro-impact movement will grow. And my further prediction on that is that the term ESG will just fade away next mm. year and you'll get you'll get positive impact or impact being the terminology used yeah. and then just nothing traditional yeah, investments yeah. or nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's where we'll see this uh, maturing of the, uh, of the impact market, if you like. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd support that. Hope it's true. Here, here, uh, here, here. Uh, sorry. <laughs> go, to go on to British politics in the other random bucket, there'll be a general election in the UK by the end of 2023. I know this is obviously wishful thinking, but I think that the thinking behind that is that, I think the UK will have a tough start to the year. It's having a tough time now, but I think the first few, uh, the first few months, six months of the year will be tough. Um, and then I think that um, there'll be a lot of pressure on, on, on Rishi Sunak. And instead of having the hundredth Tory uh, leader election in the past twelve months, he'll put it to a, a general election. Yeah, I mean, I think what I think what is been massed over or sort of papered over the cracks is that you've still got a, a massively divided Tory party. Yeah. There's still a big pro Boris Johnson mm. cohort. Especially amongst the Red Wall MPs that are Tory MPs. Yeah. And there's still this sort of, you know, there's still the ERG, the, 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 the sort of right wing of the Tory party. Yeah. And I just think that it's not a, it's not a sort of a happy house, no, if you like. It's, it's not it's, stable, is it? So something will have to give. Obviously the, the, they were on the brink of self-destruction and that's pulled them all back from mm. sort of trying to snipe at each other and trying to overthrow each other. Yeah. But I don't think in the mood, the mood the way it is, that will hold for that much longer. And yep. I think there'll be, especially if things remain sort of uncomfortable in the country, i.e. there's yeah. a general discontent around pay, mm -hmm. there's a general discontent around the cost of living. I think they may be backed into a reluctant corner basically where yeah. they have to call an election and there's no no other way out yeah you can see at the moment you know the, the strikes across so many public services at the moment the, the nurses doing the you know the the first you know strike in a long long time and so it just feels like the general atmosphere is not going to get any better for now and that could lead to that in 2023 yeah and i think the other thing that's going to come out is uh around brexit so what mm. you're seeing is more of the uh sort of financial press coming out and just but just telling it as it is basically yeah. that there's this long-term drag on the UK economy caused directly by Brexit. The Bank of England estimate that it knocks about four percentage points off GDP. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's more and more f frequent news around the negative impact of Brexit. And I think whoever's in power will not do a public, let's go back to the drawing board on Brexit. Yeah, straight but back I think, in. I think what they'll do is just sort of 
further quiet integration with Europe, further yeah. quiet sort of trying to unpick as much as they can to, to, for economic reasons. It's purely economic, yeah. And I think maybe that's linked to the one we've just said where if, if Rishi Sunak, for the right reasons, tries to sort of quietly reverse elements of Brexit for economic reasons, maybe that's where the ERG groups start trying to sort of yeah. uh, cause more trouble and try and try and keep yeah. with, with Brexit that they, they wanted. So Yeah, I think you're right on that one. I think there'll be there's growing discontent, especially just purely purely from an economic perspective. If you if you're a business that imports and exports anything, whether that's a physical good or a service like ours, is just a financial service. You can see the real effect it's having, and so we have to have some proper relationship yeah. with the EU, especially if the UK falls into a, a serious recession. Yeah, you know, if you've got discontent around cost of living, discontent around wages, the economy is in recession. You know, the hands are tied because they can't really spend much money. They're going yeah. to need growth. Yeah, and if and if if you can do that with sort of legislation and sort of opening up trade again with Europe, yep. then then that may help. Also, if the EU falls into recession, mm. they're going to be looking for options to try and boost their economy yep. as well. So I think other than political sort of ideology, yeah. there's no real rationale for, for not trying to get more trade and more growth between the UK and the EU. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Um, a random crypto prediction. Should have put this perhaps earlier on, but Binance is the other big crypto exchange. There's Binance, Coinbase, and FTX, which has gone under. Binance will also go bankrupt and be deemed a fraud alongside FTX. We won't go into the full FTX scandal here, but uh, it's fascinating reading if you want to go into it. But I think that's the that ties in with what we're saying before about you know crypto and uh, the scammy nature of some of the things that go go on there. I think that um, a lot of these big exchanges that are offshore and there's dodgy stuff going on in the background. You know, twenty twenty three will be another year where they get, you know, they get the the uh, the light shone on them. My other prediction on that is that Netflix will release the documentary some point twenty twenty three. Some, I mean, I don't think the case will be concluded on FTX, but no. Netflix cut the temptation's too high to get the FTX documentary on Netflix. Everyone's yeah. waiting to watch it. So. Well, well, it's Michael Lewis, isn't it? He's writing the book on it. Is it right? Yeah, okay. he was. Interestingly, he was already spending time with Sam Bankman-Fried, who was the, you know, the FTX founder CEO, to write a book on him. And as he was with him, it, it then went under. And so now the book's all about that, which is going to be a fascinating book. And Netflix documentary, my prediction. And Netflix documentary, there you go. Random predictions, not from necessarily from us, but I just thought when I was looking into this, something was quite interesting. Ipsos, the, uh, the polling company, did a global survey and that revealed that 20% of people that they interview globally um, think that an alien visit is very likely in 2023. Um, I'm not saying that that is, that is true or not, but related to that, Nostradamus predicted that we would make a space conquest in 2023. So I hope Nostradamus isn't wrong and it's the other way around, i.e. aliens conquering us. But there's quite a few space and alien related predictions for this year um, amongst I mean, I the what, general population. What, what is going to be true is that yeah, we'll, we'll, there'll be... F- our, our knowledge of space and our the extent to which we can explore space is extending yeah. all the time. 100%. And, you know, the Earth-like planets, the number of Earth-like planets being discovered is, yeah, is, is increasing enormous, yeah. all the time. So, yeah, maybe it's 2023. Hopefully. Um, it'd be, it'd be, uh, it'd make for a very eventful year. Um, looking at that global survey, I thought it was interesting. So, you know, it's mainly countries in North America and Western Europe where the feeling about how 2022 has been and how 2023 will go is very negative. Um, in plenty parts of the world, the feeling is, you know, the opposite and, you know, uh, it's growing positive. So I think it's important to kind of maintain that perspective. Yeah. It's always very easy to kind of overweight, 
you know where you are but the feeling in, in plenty of countries around the world is is getting positive um which is nice to see and read i know how much of a massive fan you are of star signs and horoscopes and astrology yeah and astrology yeah. but my uh my star sign P- pisces uh for next year is that i'm apparently i'm going to be doing a lot of growing up in 2023 which is about time and yours aries is you may feel like a completely different person by the end of the year in 2023 so not sure what you've got planned next year um yeah hopefully that's not surgical <laughs> <laughs> um and so there you go 2023 predictions um so as we kind of said in 2022 same applies to 2023 it's very very easy to kind of think about the short term overweight the short term but you know whatever happens in 2023 it's important to stick to those four proper principles of investing that we always talk about invest the long term invest regularly diversify and invest uh with impact and stick to those don't pay too much attention short term use and uh your future self will uh thank you eventually so the best way to, i think to invest for 2023 is to really position yourself for the next decade not the next year um yeah and 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 you know trying to make predictions of what happens in a calendar year one it's an arbitrary time mm. frame who cares you know if you're measuring stuff over a decade who cares what happens in the next 12 months and yeah. why why pick january to january why not pick April to April or yeah. September to September, um, if you're going to look at things annually. And I think, you know, it, it's too late to try and position yourself for What's what happening? is the consensus prediction because it's already priced in. Yeah. The people making the predictions are the people who are already positioning yeah. their assets. So there's, it's, it's, it's a... It's a mugs game, even though we've done it, to try and make predictions of what's going to happen in the short term. Um, it's always the unknown. It's always the shocks that... that really determine the big movements in yeah. in in prices. So as you say, stick to the long term. The long term is much more uh certain. It's much more uh solid and uh yeah, stick to those four investment pr- principles as you say, Tom. Yeah. Wishing everyone all the best for 2023. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Impact investing from circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.